Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we got an extra special episode for you. It's a dispatch from our very first live event at the opening of the Beverly Theater this past weekend. Co-host Vogue Robinson and I get to sit down with two local authors, food writer Kim Foster and YA author Vita Bivey. We all try to figure out why it's so damn hard to get it right when writing about Las Vegas. It's Wednesday, March 8th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Okay, what's today, David? Today's Saturday, March 4th, <laughs> we it's are 1 p.m. <laughs> we're at the corner of 6 and Bonneville <laughs> we're in the, the fabulous Beverly, Beverly Theater. Theater. We're here with Vita Bybee. We're here with Kim Foster. And we're here with this sexy audience. <laughs> I'd take y'all anywhere. Right. All right. Let's do, let's do questions, David. Cra- crazy applause is very sexy. I love that. All right. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about writing from Vegas, writing about Las Vegas. And here is the first question. How long do you need to be in Las Vegas to write about Las Vegas? Ooh, that's like, um, okay. Um, I think the longer you live here, the harder it is to write about it. Mm. Why is that? Um, you know, I was thinking a lot about, um, about people who are able, who are not here all the time and are able to have a sort of eye on observing the city and making comparisons to where they live. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that creates sort of an interesting thing. Like I think about when I wrote this book, I kind of freaked out when we had to talk about Las Vegas and writing about Las Vegas because I don't think my book is about Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, um, my book could sort of be set anywhere and that it's not really about Vegas at all. And so I, I, because I just live here and I just get in my car every day and park my car and take my kids to school and do all the things. And so I'm, I don't even know if it's really a Vegas book or not. But some of the sections are definitely placed in Vegas. It's set in Vegas for sure. But the question is whether it's really a book about Vegas or whether it's just a book about humans and those humans happen to live in Vegas. Oh. Vita, what do you think about that? Um, you know, it's interesting. I've lived here twice, so altogether <laughs> it's been almost nine years. So I feel like I'm almost to the point where I feel like I'm fr- I'm from Las Vegas. Like my family is growing up here. But there is this thing with Vegas when it comes to writing that people have a different perception of it. It's just what, you know, what draws everyone here, but not necessarily like the everyday two million people who live in this in the city. And um so I think like I like how you mentioned Kim. The longer you lived here, the harder it is, so. because uh, yeah, because you know I think we get past like oh you know there's the entertainment here, but there's also like normal families that contribute to like there's a dentist you know and like people who work at the grocery store and people who take their kids to school and like I want to make sure I get that right as well. Yeah. So that's that's always a really good point to bring up too. Yeah, and I think like for instance I wrote about the Smiths on. Um, Sahara in Maryland, which my hairstylist refers to as murder smiths. And um, so, um, but I actually love that smiths. But the reason I wrote about that, so I wrote about this thing in Vegas, but the truth is it's just a lightning rod for talking about 
the questions that I wanted to ask, which is like, who deserves to live here and who can live here? And where do people buy their food? And what does it mean that some people don't want to buy their food there? Because, you know, and why don't people want to buy their food there? And what does it mean? So for me, it was just a lightning rod. But that could that store could be in Detroit. It could be in L.A. It could be in um, a little tiny town in Minnesota. It's just a way to talk about the sort of the human condition. Which I think is really important to bring up that, you know, people who live in Las Vegas, we are all humans. We're all the same as everyone else, you know? How are, are we? we? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real question. I mean, okay, David, what do you think? How long do you got to live out here before you can write about it? More than a weekend, um, <laughs> less than your whole life. Yeah. So I'm barely in that uh, little swat there. What do you think, folks? Uh, my baseline was 10 years, which I'm about to hit. When I think about it, though, I think for those of us who are transplants, I think it's once you stop saying, I'm going to go home for the weekend. Like once you stop going back to where you used to live and calling that place home is when you've gotten closer to the, the place where you can say Vegas is, is what you claim and you can claim it with pride. So like there were years where I was like, nope, California native. I don't believe in winter. Like it came out of my mouth often. And I'm getting now to the point where I'm like, sear me, baby. Like go ahead and right. both sides. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to amend my answer. I think you need to be here long enough that things that you fell in love with aren't here anymore. Like what? Oh, how'd that go? Mm, my husband's yeah. face just now. My husband was like, yes. Because that's a very so I, I often say this uh, because it's easier to follow my own cliches and come up with original thoughts all the time. But um, welcome to Las Vegas. Don't get used to the things you fell in love with. And that's true about a lot of things, but not everything. But I think that that one tilling of the soil, that one long season of, wow, that nightclub I love, that coffee shop I love, that building that I love, that casino maybe, um, that junior high that my kid went to is no longer there anymore. And now something new it's in its place or something isn't in its place. Mm -hmm. That to me is long enough to be a person who claims that they could write about Las Vegas. But do you feel like things happen, things go away quicker here? Do you think things are more more transient? Not I, just people, I but I mean so. things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, things things do turn over pretty quickly. One of my favorite places in all of Las Vegas was here for three months. Damn. Um, it was, what place was that? It was a nightclub called, uh, for, for you old timers, it, it, uh, it was a nightclub in the Venetian called Venus. Um, very hip places where Richard Cheese and his band uh, first got their like big break, big start. The Fontini Sisters, I think is the name of their, the, if Laura Herbert was here, she'd correct me immediately. But um, there was a burlesque troupe that played in the side room. It was a little tiki room. It had the unfortunate um, luck to open on 9-11-2001. Uh, so that was a three-month example. There are things that have, the Enigma Coffee House. I mean, I could go down my own personal list um, but I'm sure in, how long have you been back here, Vita? That has anything disappeared from the first time that you were here? Actually, yes. As you're talking, um, I used to love to go to Bocce Burger. And oh. it's no, and we moved back and I think it might've been around for a month and it just kind of tanked and went from there. So that's a really good point. I'm gonna think about that. Cause that so, is a Vegas I'm from thing. Vegas now. I wanna, may I interject? <laughs> <laughs> you could write about Vegas now. <laughs> yeah. I wanna interject. So when we talk about the disappearance of things, do you all think that that contributes to why it's so hard to write about Las Vegas? Ooh. What do you think? 
Um, well, I'm a children's book writer, and I feel like there's a certain narrative that Las Vegas brings people's minds, and it very seldom is for children, you know? So um, I think, like, because there is such lack of books about kids in Las Vegas, you know, there's no precedent to set, so it's just harder. Um, and I wish that wasn't so. So, you know, it, so it, it makes it difficult to, to be like, oh, this is set in Las Vegas. And other people, are, you know, I've, I've had responses from editors or, or my agent at times where they've been like, uh, oh, I don't know if everyone can relate to that because it's, you know, no one lives in Las Vegas or they, they think Las <laughs> Vegas is a certain. I know. So no one lives here. Like, no, there are so many kids who actually live here. We have, like, a, you know, one of the biggest school systems in the nation. And I, I think it's really, you know, there's there's something here. And I, and I hope to be part of that, you know. Wait, what was the question again? <laughs> Why is it so hard to write about Las Vegas? Look, I think it's because a lot of other people have their ideas about Vegas. And they're very, very uh, important to them and connected to them. And I, I'll tell you, when we first moved here... Um, we were basically living at the Cosmopolitan because we were going back and forth and my husband was producing a show. And my only understanding of Vegas was the Strip. Mm. And I hated it. I went to uh, Circus Circus and, um, and I remember taking the kids there and doing the arcade and I texted my husband and I said, this place sucks so hard. We have to get out of here. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then he did this whole thing where he tried to get me to fall in love with Vegas by taking me to all these amazing places and like taking me out to the rocks and the mountains and doing all this stuff. And then I went and the rocks and, you know, and so and I, it really and then we went and like we took uh, the kids to Kim Bevington's art classes and she lives on Sixth Street. And so just going into her house, which is like this mid-century modern, like beautiful, like gorgeous, you know, house. That and street's amazing. That street is amazing. You live on there. Yeah. And um, and the thing is, I, I got to see this other side. So I think what happens is that people come to Vegas and they have this itsy bitsy little tiny idea of what it is. And then they have a hard time letting that go. Mm -hmm. And so when you write about it, maybe they don't see what you write because they're too busy seeing their own impression of it. That's my feeling. When you present things to the outside world, what sort of challenges are there in dealing with editors and publishers presenting Vegas work? So my publishers were really clear that they wanted me to write a book that was a national book and that wouldn't be seen as a particularly Vegas book. And Ouch. <laughs> so, well, that was part of, they wanted everyone to read it, not just people who were interested in Vegas or not. So they were very specific about that. And um, any time that I became too granular about Vegas, they were on top of that with edits. Do you think that would be the same for an author from New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or other big cities that they would, a publisher or editor would say, don't make it so Chicago, don't make it so New York? Hmm. I think so, because I think like uh, I know uh, my publishers, St. Martin's, um, did like a Detroit book that didn't really I mean, made have might have done really well in Detroit, but didn't like get a lot of national acclaim. Mm -hmm. And so I think that 
you know, would you read the Detroit book? Well, maybe if you were interested in Detroit or you had family who lived in Detroit or you came from Detroit or you visited Detroit a lot. But if you didn't have a connection, you might not be really interested. So they were like, Vegas is great. We love that. It's really sexy. And but I'm not writing a sexy book. So it really doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, my book is not sexy. So um, and I'm not writing a sexy book. So they didn't. It wasn't about casinos. It wasn't about gambling addiction. It wasn't about, you know, all these things and these trappings that maybe they thought it could have been about. When we think about, OK, how do we add Vegas into our writing? And you think about that there are poets who are poets of place. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the heart of what they write. But I know for me, I'm like, I don't. I write around Vegas, but really I'm a people like I'm a, mm -hmm. a writer about human beings and interaction. But then I think about the other writers in Vegas who are writers of place. I feel like Sin is a writer of place, mm -hmm. Jennifer Batiste, um, Rodney Lee. Those are all writers who really dig into the, the soil of what Vegas is. But have you all ever tried to write about Vegas and just failed, like crumbled it up? It's like, ooh, don't look at that. You know, I think I've been, as we're talking, I'm realizing, um, so I have a short story coming out on the end of the month. It's, it's in a anthology collection called Calling the Moon. And it's um, a collection of different uh, BIPOC authors and we we're writing about administration. And so yes. my character is actually from Las Vegas, but I don't say it on the page because she and her family, they go hiking, you know? So the actual story is taking place like outside of Las Vegas, but everything that she experiences, like she's from Las Vegas. But I'm realizing I don't actually say it on the page. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm think I need to do that more often. So, <laughs> so thank you for bringing that up. But yeah, so that's one way I guess I've tried to do it. Like she's from Las Vegas, but even though it's, it, it's taking place in Yosemite, you know? Hmm. But How about you, Kim? I found coming from the East Coast, and maybe this is just me, but I found writing about sense of place to be a very Western thing. I could be wrong about this, but this is just my experience. But like writing in New York and being in New York City, people might talk about the city or write about stories about the city, but nobody talked it about talked about writing a sense of place. Like I've never sat on a conference or seen a conference where people talked about writing about a sense of place. And I don't think, and I think it was really startling and really fun for me to like read like Claire Ray Watkins or like even like Amanda Fortini's writing a book and I heard her read part of her book and just to be able to hear people writing about the place is really amazing mm. but I, I think I feel like it's very it's a very west coast kind of thing and I could be wrong about that but that's just my experience right when I think about film I think about like Spike Lee and it's like New York is always a character yeah Sex in the city. They don't even bother to tell you it's New York. You know yeah. what the city is. Like, uh, it's the, the boisterousness. They don't talk about it as a sense of place. They just talk about the city I, as its thing. They don't give you the title, but like, there are so many other little things that I feel like let you know where you're at. So like, even though it's, maybe it's not like lauded as a genre, I feel like it's it's very clearly there in like the, the way of life. Well, maybe it's because we're newer, but you mentioned Claire Vey Watkins and one of my favorite recent, like Las Vegas is genre of, of just one <laughs> sentence. Yeah. I'm going to just read the Claire V. Watkins, and this is from her last book, uh, I Love You, But I've, I've Chosen Darkness. It's a great book. Which is a great book. And then there's this one line in there about Las Vegas. It says, you have to be careful in Las Vegas. The place will be whatever you need it to be. Right? Snap, snap, Claire V. Watkins. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is it is it hard to kind of... Uh, synthesize or, or boil down things about Las Vegas as a writer in Las Vegas? So um, 
I actually wrote a poem a few years ago, mm. and I just put it on the internet, just like on my Twitter somewhere. Yay. It's buried per- there. But I, I had a friend who passed, and um, I just put a picture because I was thinking about her, and I was thinking about um, creosote. Am I saying that right? You know, it's like when it rains, that that amazing smell that really That's only happens. It? Like it only happens like here in, in Las Vegas, and it's like this beautiful like um, it was just really symbolic of you know this like grief I was going through, but yet there was this like refreshing of, of hope too so um i think las vegas can be extreme that way and so i think about that where mm-hmm. you know like we have this desert but we also have there are things that are beautiful about it you know like look we're th- this weekend right now for this grand opening of this great theater and so uh, bringing to light more of that i think is is needed you know like like we know we have this art this, the, the, the art here and um so anyways i was i was thinking about th- th- things like that so thank you for sharing that story about your friend oh yeah 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 so just kind of on the theme about writing about Las Vegas or writing from Las Vegas and getting Las Vegas right, our, our friend Amanda Fortini um, yes, recently Amanda. gave a, a talk about her forthcoming book of stories, essays. She said basically, you know, there's there's generally two categories of people who write about Las Vegas. Um, there's the parachuters who come mm-hmm. in and almost invariably get something wrong or have their own narrative that they want to press. And then there's the people who are from here who are probably way too protective and mm-hmm. don't don't want to do some of the truce or myth busting for whatever reasons. So as a person who's writing about Las Vegas, which one do you think you're closer to or is there a third category? I'm Was that def- okay, Amanda? Was I close? Yes, but I do believe there's a third category. Okay, well, let's see how you do uh-huh. on this one. What's the third what category? The third category? Oh, no, 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 Ish. <laughs> I'm going to say it again just for the sake of recording. Yes. So the third category is people who kind of are able to stay in the middle and ha- be clear-eyed about both sides. She said one foot in and one foot out. <laughs> Committed to describing reality, even though as a writer that might cost Ooh. you something. Because that's what we do. All right, Kim. Okay, given our th- are my three choices, which I think, are, no, which I think are great. Um, I'm probably, so I don't have the one foot out, one foot in that like Amanda does or other writers have because I know you are between Minnesota and here. Montana. Or Montana, sorry. 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 But I mean it as a psychological. Right, a psychological thing. But I, but I also think that being able to escape, escape and get some perspective is also a, a nice thing to be able to have. Um, I, I do feel like I am defensive about Las Vegas, about the people here, and that um, I'm probably not as um, as in the middle as maybe I would like to be, mm-hmm. because I do feel the need to care for the people here. Oh. And maybe that makes me not as, you know, um, logical an observer or truthful as an observer. Mm. I'm going to agree. I think until I see more of the, just more of a variety of, of writing of Las Vegas, because right now there's just so much more of the parachute writing. It's just a one way. So until I see more of that, then I think maybe I would, you know, I could have more of a one foot in, one foot out. But I would like to have more of um, appreciation of, of the city before I could have more objective. I don't, I don't know. 
that's basically in the middle. <laughs> uh, when I think about, I think I have maybe two poems about Vegas. Uh, and one was about the, the process of moving here and uh, dating white men that were not that great. And then finding my spouse that is a white man and is great. Um, and just kind of like the the shifts of, of my understanding of myself and that feeling like this place kind of sears you into whatever it is that you really are, that Vegas will just burn, burn the BS off of you. And then whatever you are is whatever you are. Um, What's one thing you think has to be in a Las Vegas story? Ooh. The weather. It's, it's, <laughs> it's such a part of us, you know? Like right now, I'm, maybe right now I'm feeling so great because it's beautiful outside. Like it's, it's coldish, but I, I'd rather take the cold than the, you know, 120 degrees sometimes. That's extreme. But yeah, I think the weather is, is a, she's, she's a part of, part of Las Vegas. Okay. A character? In, a character, yes. In, in your forthcoming YA novel set here in Las Vegas, does weather come in? Um, not as much because it's during the fall to the spring. Hmm. So, but I mean, but, but actually it does because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And you know, um, you know, they're teenagers and it's funny because when it's like August and it's still like, even in the hundreds, they wear like the sweatshirts and the hoodies, but when it's actually time when it's warm, then they start wearing like t-shirts all around, you know? So it's, it's funny how, <laughs> so that, yeah, it does come into play. Nice. Okay. Nice detail. What about you, Kim? Uh, the, I mean, just going off on what you said about the weather, just the extremities of living here. Everything is an extreme. And I find it very, uh, I find it like living in New York in the sense that it's not like living in New York, but there's the extremes of New York and living in this big city. And then there's also similar extremes here. And part of that is the weather. Mm. Um, but it just feels like there's a lot of extremes here. Mm. And I think you have to write about that if you write about Vegas. Yeah. I think now listening to y'all, uh, I think grief actually like belongs in anything you write about Vegas. If you've lived here long enough to watch something go, like I remember the grieving period for the beat, like all of us being really, really upset about it being gone uh, and then feeling lost as a community. Like where, where does our open mic live if we don't have this place? Uh, and then like the writer's block kind of becoming a different kind of home for some of us. That's great. So yeah, I think grief. Because I, I was grieving the reading room at Mandalay Bay. That was such a great space. And then it was gone forever. And then Scott and Drew showed up and it's like, reading room what? You know, it's like you can remember. I think my thing that um, has to be in every story, either explicitly or implied, is juice. Which juice? Power. The, juice? the power that flows through. Them, yeah. them that gots and thems that ain't got. Yeah. Um, that is a dynamic that is a recurring theme about this city right. is that, you know, the, the quest for, for juice or power or connection, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether it's to get comps or to elevate oneself or to, you know, even get to the point where your legacy matters, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or and then the contrast with people who are for lack of a better word, juiceless, you know, without without it, without that connection, struggling to get along. I think that is at the core mm -hmm. of of real Las Vegas stories. So I'm gonna go with juice. That is not That's what I think about That's when good. I think about juice. <laughs> I love you, David. Thank you guys for coming. Thanks to Kim. Thank To hear the full panel, including our audience Q&A, head on over to our YouTube channel. We'll link to that in the show notes. 
And now, a microdose of news. Under a proposed law discussed this week in Carson City, Nevada schools would have to install cameras in special ed classrooms. The idea, says sponsor Republican State Senator Scott Hammond, is to safeguard nonverbal special needs students who can't report abuse in the classroom. This bill would limit access to the recordings for this specified purpose. Next, revive your youthful sneer and jam a giant safety pin through your head because the Punk Rock Museum opens Friday here in Las Vegas, the um, birthplace of punk, or the home of seminal punk bands like... Well, there, there were more than a few dragging amps out for shows into the dusty desert during the heyday. So for whatever reason, it's here and it's opening. According to their website, ticket prices start at $30. Unclear if there's any anarchy in the LV discounts. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you missed the live taping, look for more in the future. They were so much fun. And if you enjoyed this episode, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. <laughs>